All right, cool. We are live for episode number four. One of my favorite guests that I'm going to be excited for, um, fellow Keller Williams agent, Jay Savage. Uh, and we are pumped to do this because, well, why not? He's from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. We're actually Baltimore natives, which is hard to come by. That's right. Um, and he's going to kind of talk about his story and like, you know, how he's crushing in real estate and where he came from and where he's been and all that fun stuff. So take it away. Hello, everybody. Um, where should I start? Like just how, how real estate came into my mind or like, from jump. I mean, you can start even before that, like, you know, growing up. Well, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Baltimore. I was born, um, I was born in Johns Hopkins, uh, to a, a 15 year old mother. And the uh, my dad was seventeen. Wow, so older man. We were both still yeah. in, in high school, <laughs> right? And um, I grew up um, East Baltimore, um, Abbotston, and Hartford Road, oh, right man. across from Lake Clifton. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I, I pretty much grew up in like two different households. I got my mom, I got my dad. My dad moved around a few times. My mom moved around a few times. So I got to see you know life in the city, life in Baltimore County life in Hartford County is where yeah. I, I finished up high school. And then actually from there, I went to a military school called Valley Forge, which okay. I got uh, kicked out of. Oh. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> from there, I came back and went to Morgan State and I played football at Morgan State oh, cool. for three years until I tried to transfer and that backfired on me. And I ended up going back to Morgan and that's where I met my, my kid's mom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your daughter. She's yeah, a cutie. Yeah. And, um, that was a whole other journey in itself, being in a relationship um, on and off and, until I had a kid. And when I had a kid, that's what landed me in real estate. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So wait, you like had your daughter and were like, I need to put up or shut up? Or like, what was the well, like? I'll, I'll back up some. Real estate always interests me. Okay. So from the time maybe of like 13, I had oh, a big wow. interest in real estate. and But I, I never knew, you know, how to get in or which way to go. And until one day I'm I'm sitting down, I'm watching this guy's videos. He's like, oh, learn how to like, you know, buy and sell houses with no money. The guy's name was Marcel Humphrey. Okay. Actually went, I seen his YouTube videos, I actually went and knocked on his, his door. When I was like 18 years old, I knocked on his, his office door and I waited outside for six hours. I'm like, dude, bro, I done did all of this stuff. I done found these people that want to buy, I got these people that want to sell. Like, help me. I, I don't know what to do. And uh, he, he kind of brought me in and, and showed me the ropes of what he does on a, on a wholesaling level. And that's what really sparked me off. Um, so I worked with him for a little bit, and then it died, and I didn't see any success. Um, I was a barber at the time also. I, I cut hair for seven years. Okay. And then one day I get a phone call from my, my daughter's mom's stepdad. He gives me a call, says, Josh, I'm taking a real estate class in Timonium. You want to take it with me? I said, yeah, I ain't got no much to do. I'll do it. I took the class. He he didn't pursue it after that. He, yeah. I don't even think he took the test to, <laughs> to pass. But I, I actually took the test and passed and been doing pretty good ever since. You do really good. Like, you kill it. We're sitting here and his phone is just blowing up with, like, buyers and sellers. And, yeah. like, that's crazy to think that you've been interested since 13. You waited out in front of this guy's door for six hours Nothing came of it, and now you're just like probably surpassing him by like. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say nothing came of it because 
a lot of the things that I learned with him, oh, yeah. I still do now oh, as wow. a real estate agent. Okay. And that helps me. Yeah. You know, because most real estate agents aren't thinking outside the box mm-hmm. on how to find buyers and sellers. Right. So that 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 stuck with me. And I, I still do those things to this day. What do you do that's outside the box? Uh, well, one big thing for me is just going to auctions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and picking up people who are like yeah, looking yeah, for properties. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, if, if I made a video one day, how to how to sell a house mm-hmm. and get paid, you know, within seven or fourteen days. Yeah. This is this is an insider secret. <laughs> it's probably the only secret I'll get. Okay. Right. So I'll go to the auction. Let's say it's, it's twenty people bidding. Yeah. You know, it's an auction. It's, it's, we're bidding on one house. Right. One winner. One person's gonna get the house. Yeah. You got nineteen other people. Who didn't get a house, but those people got cash in their pocket that day. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the auctions and be like, "Look, man, you wanted this house? I got another house, three blocks down. Looks just like this one. Probably could get it cheaper." Yeah. And people will go same day, get the house on the contract. That's awesome. Never fails. No, I I totally agree. We do a lot of auction properties, yeah. and like, you're right. There's one winner, there's and one there's winner. all those people hungry to yep. buy something. Another thing is. Auctions don't really get you a good deal anymore. I know. They get bid up out the wazoo. It's an ego trip, you know? Yep. So find yourself an agent like yourself who knows Baltimore. Exactly. Knows where the good deals are. Exactly. So when I go to auction properties, my goal is never to sell the the auction house. Because I need an auction I'm going to pay you. Yeah. But my goal is to pull you from there, show you a house around the corner, something similar. Yeah. Get you to buy that one. Yeah. And do you usually have those listings, or is it just one that you know about? I mean, it, sometimes they're listings. Sometimes they're off-market properties that I know about. Oh, nice. I, I like to call it keeping my, my ears to the street. So at, at all times, i got people just in different places always looking for houses, just keeping their eyes out for houses for me. When yeah. they come available, they'll let me know. That's smart. That's smart. All right, so let's circle back to um, – I think it was really important when you were like – I had my daughter and that's when I really got into it. Like mm-hmm. it's a big motivator, Oh yeah. you know, and you were in college when your daughter was born. No, I was actually, um, I'm 29 now. Okay. So I had my daughter at 26. Okay. I skipped a few years, yeah. <laughs> but, um, when, when she was born, I was, I was in process of taking a class mm-hmm. and, um, I passed it probably when she was like three months old mm-hmm. and, at the time, me and her mom had broke up, and we had went through a custody battle. Like we're we're good friends now. Yeah. Um. Luckily, we went through that that stage early, and it's it's no. Yeah. No love lost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah doesn't, awesome. it doesn't affect my kid. Like we get along great now. That's great. But um, that really motivated me to do well. It was like you know, I, I, as a barber, I felt like I was in a trap. I mm. come in to the shop every day. I got my phone is ringing all day every day. I'm standing up maybe. 16 hours a day cutting hair. I'm making good money. I'm, I'm making great money as a barber. Yeah. But it, it after a while, it, it takes a toll on your body. Right. You know, I'm, I'm staying. You, you could ride from here to Atlanta, which is probably like, what, 12 hours? Yeah. I'll still be up standing up cutting hair in the same spot. Jesus. Yeah. No bathroom break. Might go eight hours, and I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't even eat. That's not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And, like, you're still, like, cutting lines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and I'm still cutting just all day, but but I I tell you what, I felt like I I was in a trap and that I hit like a glass ceiling. Of course, I could have went higher, I could have expanded, yeah. but open your own. Yeah, yeah. It, it just was like the 
the love was lost for cutting hair. Even it was a gift. I don't thank God for the gift every day, but just me being there every day, seeing the same people, saying the same jokes, uh, looking at the same women walking right. by each day, like it yeah. just it's it got old. too repetitive. Yeah, yeah, it's monotonous. Yeah, might as well work a nine to five. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, all right, your daughter's your huge motivator for real estate and for mm -hmm. getting out of cutting hair. Do you feel like you know? Being a barber taught you a lot of valuable real estate lessons. Did it, yeah. Yeah. Every, man, being a barber taught me how to deal with like all types of people. Yeah. All types of people. As a barber, you constantly have to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not that easy to convince a complete stranger, hey, let me cut your hair and let me show you why. Yeah. So at the same time, I learned a lot of little things that, that I would call it would make you a lot slicker. So when I first started in the shop, I'm the I'm the youngest guy in there at the time, probably like 19. Oh wow! And um and then closest to my age was probably 28, 28 or 30. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. So yeah. people walking in, oh, this kid's not cutting my hair. Yeah. Right. Or, or you know, if if you're in the shop and everybody else is cutting hair, you're not. That that's a sign for okay, he's not that good. Stay away. Really. So what I would do is, I, I would take hair from other barber stations and I would sweep it around my station. <laughs> and it, it looked like I I was doing a lot of work. So people come in, oh man, you've been cutting cutting a while. I was like, yeah, man, I just took a little break. You, I got you. Let <laughs> me get right in the chair. So like, I learned a lot of a lot of ways to be more clever. Yeah. In the barbershop. Yeah. Who would have even thought of that? Like yeah. sweeping. <laughs> wow, that's smart. Yeah, it it definitely works. That's super smart. So all right, you went from. That to real estate, and now you're you've been in real estate for what three years? You said three years. Now. Three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And where'd you start? Like with that guy, or did you start your uncle? Right. Uh yeah. Well, I, when I originally came, I, I joined a, a team. Uh huh. And that team didn't work. I didn't have any success. I sold yeah. I, I leased a few rentals. Okay. And that was it. Like my first check was probably like two hundred fifty three dollars. Still feels good though. Yeah, it, it felt good. <laughs> I remember I, I took a picture of it. I sent it to my dad. Yeah. My mom, I said, look, it's only $253, but them checks going to grow by some thousands over, yeah. over time. Just just watch. Yeah. And then from there, it probably took me like eight months to sell my first house. And I mean, I was so happy. And then from there, like, it just, it, it never stopped. It just kept coming. Yeah. I mean, you hustle hard. Yeah. I got to say, like, you're one of those people who I see is constantly, like, working. We were, I mean, I ran into it at our house the other day mm -hmm. and, like, I was like, what are you doing? You're like, well, I'm finishing up this and I gotta go do that. And I, gotta, I think you're getting tattooed. Did you get that tattoo done? Yeah, 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 yeah I did, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, we sat down, we talked business for like an hour and a half. And um, it's interesting because before we went to NLP, like I didn't, I saw your like face every once in a while, but I didn't really know like who you were or like what you're doing. And then I started to pay attention. I was like, holy shit, this guy cleans up. Like you crush it. That's like, and you've only been in it for three years. Yeah. You know, some people have been doing this for 15 years and they don't even do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you kill it for sure. Um, and would you say that's because of your motivations or is um, who you are? I think it's, it's a mixture of my motivation. I've, I've always been a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I, I got the hard work ethic from playing sports and being a barber. It, mm -hmm. it definitely groomed me for being a a real estate agent a lot more than I would think. And a part of it is some of it's luck being in the right place at the right time or being in the right place at the wrong time. Yeah. Sometimes that has helped out too. Um, 
So I, I, I would contribute my success to a little bit of everything. People who support me, um, it's just hard work. Just, yeah. just got to go out there and grind. And also, I look at, you know, the things I tried when I was 18 and I didn't fit, that I didn't succeed on. Mm-hmm. Those were just stepping stones because I knew, okay, I've been there before. I don't want to try that strategy again. Or let me implement this into being a real estate agent. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to combine a little bit of like wholesale with being the agent and it's paid oh. off for me. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what wholesaling is, it's kind of where you get a house under contract yourself and then right. sell it for a little bit more. A fee, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like listing a house for sale. Right. But you can get a better deal on it because someone's already purchased it and negotiated the terms. Right, right? exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too familiar on wholesaling yeah. or rough understanding but right, i hear right. that's where most of the good deals are these days yeah pr- pretty much you're you're getting a house on the contract for five cent and it's really worth a dollar and mm-hmm. you're just going to sell it for 10 cent oh that's pretty much it okay in a nutshell yeah so you just make like a little bit yep just and a little just bit build on that yeah and I, i've never been one of those guys that chased like the huge checks mm-hmm. i'm i'm the guy that's like i want like the leaky faucet that just keeps dripping I'm okay with a little bit of money here and there, as long as it keeps dripping. Yeah. And I can keep adding to that drip. It's job That's security. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So the homes that you sell in Baltimore, um, you said you're telling me you, you sell like homes by the block sometimes. Um, I I have sold multiple homes on on one block. Yeah. I, I want to say like Monument. I've sold a lot of homes on Monument, uh, in East Baltimore, Madison Street, in in the same area. Uh, just recently, I sold like five or six houses on Francis Street. Um, so it sometimes it does work out to be that I've sold like maybe five to ten different houses on one street. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to like the Westport area? Westport, yeah. I had a listing in Westport. Have I have I sold anything in Westport? I, I may have sold one. Yes. I definitely had a listing over there. We have a couple of rental properties over there and have had a couple of listings. And it's an interesting area because it's a waterfront community. Yeah. But no one knows about it. Right. No one goes there. Right. It's kind of like forgotten about, you mm-hmm. know, overrun by like crime, drugs, and all that type of stuff. Definitely. Um, but like, you know, we have tenants there who are lovely. They're like wonderful people and like they just get forgotten about and shoved aside because the house that they're living in isn't worth 150 plus. Yeah. You know? Um, and recently, Donald Trump's comments about Baltimore being rat infested and mm-hmm. all these problems, your comment was pay attention to what he's saying. You know, he's cueing people of where to put your money. Definitely. How'd you come up with that? I mean, you, you know, it's one of those things where you got to look at the glass as if it's half full and not half empty. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of look at the bigger picture. Donald Trump is a, he's a big real estate guy mm-hmm. and no real, real estate runs his life. Mm-hmm. So if he's saying, you know, um, Baltimore is rat infested, mm-hmm. you know, that, that should mean, okay, somebody needs to clean it up. And in the process of it getting cleaned up, the value is going to go up. Yeah. So, you know, why not invest here? And you, you got to know, you got to look at where you are um, geographically. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in between D.C. and mm-hmm. Philadelphia and New York. Yeah. Those, those, those are three thriving cities. Yeah. And we're, we're a connection point. Yeah. So why not, you know, make this make this place great too? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. And you know, uh, there's a 
slow moving. I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the Station North area. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then like, you know, you've got Greenmount Cemetery over there, North mm -hmm. App, whatever. You're from Baltimore, so you know, like five years ago, North Avenue was like a no go. Yeah. Like you didn't go there unless you were looking for drugs. Definitely. And now, like, they've got apartments out there that are renting out for eighteen hundred dollars a month. Yep. But, the entire city is gonna change. Yeah, I mean, Entire city. it's going to be a huge turnover, mm -hmm. and it sounds like, you know, you're already ahead of it. Yeah. Do you have your own rental properties yet? I have one property that I bought. Mm -hmm. I actually bought my property for $1,500. Whoa. Yeah, on 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 Madison Street, and um, I sold a house a block and a half down from it, from yeah. where I bought mine at, for $140,000. Wow. So I, I completely lucked up with the seller. She actually called me and, and wanted me to sell the house for her. And I'm just joking around. I said, I'll, I'll pay you 1500 for it. And she says, all right, just write the contract. What? Yeah. <laughs> just write the contract. Well, <laughs> <laughs> And, like, what condition was it in? Oh, man, it's a tree growing through the house and oh. everything. But you know what? It's okay because I, I right now actually have a house under contract, like, right across from it yeah. for 40000 And it's not in much better shape. Hmm. So I know, I mean, my fifteen hundred could turn into a lot more yeah. pretty quickly. Even if it turns into yeah. five thousand. Yeah, with the area and that area is, is dramatically transforming. Really? You got like whole rows of homes that are gonna be demolished and you, you got three hundred thousand dollar homes being built. Right. So it's a lot going on in the city. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's great. But my question, uh, this is something that I struggle with a lot, especially being someone who's in real estate. And you get those investors who call and they just wanna be like slumlords. Yeah. You know, like I don't feel good about that. Yeah. I can't sell a house to someone who I know is just going to like treat people like crap who are living right. in it. Um, where do those people go who can't afford the like $300,000 houses and stuff? Well, it's a, it's a tough world. Yeah. I, I would say that. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen, I've been at houses and I've seen, you know, at auctions where families inside the house and is, is, is getting auctioned off. Yeah. And they're definitely going to lose their home. Yeah. I've been a courthouse foreclosure auctions where, you know, you, you might got a house in it, even in a good neighborhood and mm -hmm. somebody's purchasing their house. Yeah. Because they, they couldn't make it no more. Yeah. I mean, the 2008, yeah. that was everywhere. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 it's a dog eat dog world. Yeah. And really only the strong survive. But I think, you know, if a few good people get together to look out, you know, then we could find a place for those people to go. Um, there is like affordable housing. Mm -hmm. I know. Just in Hartford County, mm -hmm. there's affordable housing. Um, like all over Maryland. I mean, to be honest, like it is a sad situation in some parts of Baltimore City. But when I actually think about it, like I go in so many houses where I'll see like letters written on walls to to moms and dads from their kids saying, "Dad, mom, mom we we praying for y'all. We hope you get over these demons. Like let the drugs go. Oh We're here for you." Like I've, I've been in houses where I've, I might have stepped on a letter. I pick up the letter and I read it. Somebody you know, just pouring their heart out to a piece of paper. Yeah. And um, I, with with all of this sadness, I do think sometimes it's better to start to knock down some of these communities and wipe that sadness away. Yeah. So that people can move to better areas. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, like the whole gentrification thing. Yeah, yeah. Like in D.C., they did it. Yeah. You know, they had houses that were not in good shape. And yeah. People would get paid more than what they paid for them mm -hmm. and moved to nicer neighborhoods. Um, and then they'd knock those down and build houses and, you know, of yeah. course, charge four times what they paid for it. Right. But, you know, that's just kind of a part of... Um, I mean, it's, it's a part of life at the yeah. end of the day. 
You know, yeah. it, you, you can look at it and you can say, oh, man, it's wrong. Gentrification is bad. Then you can look at it and say, well, look, man, it's been a lot of negative here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about time something changes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't live in that bad of a neighborhood, but I just, I remember, you know, I lived in the city and like, if you're in the city, stuff's happening. Yeah. End of story. Um, and it's been a lot of changes. Like, you used to not want to go down to Canton. Yeah, you yeah, know, Canton used to be yeah. a scary place to go, and now people are like paying five hundred plus thousand yeah. dollars to live there. And that—that's actually how I started to sell a lot of homes around the Johns Hopkins area. Yeah, I'll get investors, and they—they they wouldn't know anything about Baltimore at mm-hmm. all. So I say, okay, if you know anything about Baltimore, like you could take a street like like um, Linwood. Mm-hmm. Linwood could run from from um, top of Johns Hopkins all the way down to the water. Yeah. Canton. So I'll just start in Canton and just drive up block by block. Yeah. And I can show them, you know, how the property value changes block yeah. by block. And eventually, once all of Canton and Canton spread to Patterson Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Patterson Park's so yeah, nice now. Those same streets all lead up to, to right. Hopkins. And if you think about it, man, Johns Hopkins, they would love for it to be walkable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a part of a a, a bigger design for the yeah. city to, to really change, to be able to walk from Johns Hopkins all, all the way on down to the water. Yeah. And in order to make that happen, you got to change that area. Right. And even now, beyond that north of the train tracks, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see locations where there were, like, giant um, historical buildings that are now being renovated. To apartments and stuff, yeah. Um, into apartments, into um like co-working spaces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's guess, a big thing now, too. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit of everything is happening, but when I start to see these big um, commercial buildings being renovated, the area immediately around it has to change, too, oh, for yeah. those commercial buildings to, to even, you know, profit. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing that kind of Baltimore doesn't have that these other major metropolitan cities have is, like, the mixed use, mm-hmm. you know? So we are very strictly, like, commercial residential two separate areas like they don't intermingle you know yeah you have like a corner barber shop or a quick mart or whatever but other than that you don't have like restaurants shops boutiques like that type of stuff yeah. and that's what you need you, that is what we need yep. you need those things mixed in yep with everything else so that like it's a walkable thriving city exactly you know you can't just have all residential in one area because then there's no feet on the street at night. Right, right. I, I call it a staple for the neighborhood. You need mm-hmm. the neighborhood needs staples to hold it together. If yeah. There's no staple there, and it's gonna fall apart. And grocery store. We don't have grocery stores either. Yeah, it's none. none. There's none in in East Baltimore. There, there are no really. There's yeah. not really any grocery stores at all. Yeah, it's like yeah. a food desert. Mm-hmm. It's a food desert. You like. Exactly. You don't. You've got like. Quick mark, whatever you can get your basics. Yeah, but yeah, like something no, simple, but no no produce. No giant, yeah. yeah, no 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 Wegmans. Yeah, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> they just opened an Aldi actually mm-hmm. over off Forty. Okay. Up near, you know, towards Hopkins area. Okay. Um, which seems to be doing. I went there yesterday. Seems to be doing really well. Okay, yeah, that's a start. Yeah, because yeah. you know you've got that Aldi, and then all around it are those like fifteen thousand dollar houses. Mm-hmm. So people are going to start. Yeah, they'll be getting renovated soon. Yeah, there's you know, another secret for you. Shop near the Aldi. Buy a house near the Aldi. Yeah. And, you know, your property value will go up pretty quick. Yeah. Gosh. 
So what's your next step? My next step, um, I'm looking to expand. Like your team? Yeah, looking to expand the team. Yeah. Uh, running a team has been a, a challenge in itself. Okay. Yeah, just learning. Yeah. Um, because I don't particularly follow the, the red book. The model. MREA. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't follow the <laughs> yeah. model to the T. No, neither do I. At, at all. Because you, you got to figure out what works for you. Right. For some people, they can follow it to the T. Oh, yeah. But I know me with, with the type of properties that I mainly target, like it it won't work that way. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm very strong with buyers. Mm-hmm. And um, most of these properties that I find, it's, it's kind of better for me to, to wholesale it than list it. Okay. Uh, sometimes I make more money that way. Okay. I definitely still tie back into the brokerage somehow. So I'm, yeah. you know, I'm making sure I'm getting my credit for the deals and yeah. making sure I'm, I'm getting paid through the brokerage at the same time. Yeah. But um, I got to find a way to, to, to commingle the two. Mm-hmm. So the red book for everyone listening who doesn't know what it is, it's not, like, you know, it's on mag- that magazine, Red Book. It has, like, the naked girls in it. It's, <laughs> it's the million Millionaire Real Estate Agent book by Gary Keller. I actually have it sitting right over there. Um, and it kind of goes over, like, how to become a millionaire real estate agent. Um, and the big thing that I think a lot of people miss with that the book is the hustle. You know, they read it and they're like, okay, I did step one, two, and three. Why am I not making a million dollars? Because you're not hustling. Yep. You know, you got to put your head down and just hustle. Everyday grind. Yeah. Um, And I know that, like, you were saying the other day, like, I don't sleep. Yeah, no sleep. It's crazy to me. If I don't sleep, I'm like a gremlin. Become crazy. Um, But I, like, you know, I've been staying up till 2 a.m. I've been kind of following your advice with that, like get done what you need to get done. Cause mm-hmm. if you push it off to the next day, you're going to keep pushing stuff off and then you're never going to get anything done. Yeah. I mean, think about how many hours of work you could get done just by working that one extra hour a day. Yeah. Yeah. Seven extra hours a week. Yeah. Times, you know, forward and times that by, by uh, the 12 months we got. Yeah. It's a lot of extra hours to get a lot more work done. Yeah, just yeah. for one more extra hour a and, day. And uh, to be honest, I don't want to be a real estate agent forever. Right. <laughs> because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to burn myself out eventually. Yeah. So that's why I've been, you know, really trying to expand the team. Mm-hmm. And I take what money I do make and invest it. Like right now, I got my first house under contract to flip mm-hmm. for myself. Nice. And I've been negotiating to actually go back and buy the barbershop that I came from. Amazing. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yep. So if I could get that up to, you know, full staff. That'll be three thousand dollars a week in income, yeah. gross income. Yeah, so yeah. That, that'll be great. But um, definitely from like from this point forward and the years to come, I'm looking to really start buying some properties. I took the time since I've been here to you know to fix my credit. And I'll be honest, mm-hmm. when I first got here, I had my credit was like in the low four hundreds. Wow. Like I'm I'm pushing seven hundreds now. Nice. Yeah. And w- once I do break over that, I'm I'm gonna be probably the first property I'll purchase with. With a loan will be a multi-unit. Smart. Four, four more units. Yeah, yeah, that's really smart. Yeah. Let me. Well, we have a lot of multi-units that come up, so let me yeah. know when you start looking. Um, so, what do you do for yourself? For myself? Yeah. I mean, like you have to take care of yourself somehow. I kind of get in there when I can. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big outdoor person. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So I, I love when I can, I'll, I'll go fishing. Nice. I got a spot that I love going to up uh, Delaney Valley Road. Okay. Not far from Towson Mall. It's about 10 minutes yeah, yeah. from Towson Mall. Yeah, the uh, reservoir. Yep. I'll go fishing yeah. out in the reservoir, just cruise the water. Um, that, I travel. Um, I traveled a lot this year. Actually, I've been to probably from starting in December. Mm-hmm. I've been to Jamaica, Cayman Islands, Cozumel, Miami for a few weeks, um, New Orleans for, was it family reunion? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jersey, uh, I've been to, Jersey. to Vegas, <laughs> um, California. I've been traveling. Didn't you just take your daughter to Disney World? Oh, yeah. I just recently took my daughter to Disney World. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So that's your self-care when you like travel. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. definitely can. We'll travel when I can. Yeah. If I could pick a quick two days now. I tell you, I'm not good with planning for traveling. Okay. It's like I got to up and go. Because I don't know. If I plan and say, okay, all right, I want to go in three weeks and we'll go to Florida. Right. I probably won't make it. Yeah. I have five different occasions this year where I booked a flight and never got on a flight. Just lost money. Seriously? Because I would have so many phone calls coming in for real estate. Right. It's like, okay, forget the flight. I'll go later. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's like, if, if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, okay, I got the money. Um, I got some free time. Yeah. I'll just go. What's your uh, dream destination? Like, where do you want to go that you haven't been? Hmm. That's a good one. Where do I want to go that I haven't been? Like, the uh, top one. This is where you have dreamed of going for years. Well, I, I just went. I just went to Jamaica, so that was one. That was, was like my my biggest dream to go to Jamaica, and I would say right now, I I really want to go to South Africa. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely want to go to South Africa. I've, I've thought about going to like Greece. Greece is really nice. Yeah. It's expensive, but it's nice. Yeah, Thailand. Okay. Mm-hmm. You need to go to Thailand. Yeah, you been? <laughs> yeah a couple times. How was uh, the flight? It's long. But honestly, well, the thing is, when you go to Thailand, you need to stay there for at least like 10 days. Yeah. Like you so can't. So much to do. Yeah. You can't just like go over there. And then when you're over, honestly, like if you can take off two or three weeks, that's what you should do if you're going all yeah. the way over there. Because it's like a 14 hour flight. Exactly. You got you to gotta get it in one yeah. day. And like over there, you have like Tokyo, you've got China, you've got, you know, Vietnam. And then, you know, if you're in Thailand, you can hit Australia because it's so mm-hmm. close. You know, there's just so much to do over there that it's not worth flying over there to go to one country. You got to go to, like, multiple. And yeah. then, like, honestly, after five days in Thailand, you're kind of like, all right, I've experienced it. Yeah. I got it. So we do, like, we fly into Tokyo or China, do that for a few days, fly to Thailand, do that for a few days, fly somewhere else, do that for a few days, and then backtrack. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I'm. I mean, honestly, my real estate has five hundred. Five hundred. Five hundred bucks. Oh get, wow! Yeah, yeah that's that's a good price. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good price for sure. I've definitely spent a lot of money flying. Like I, I randomly just up and went to to Vegas for a trip, and I probably spent too much money on, oh. on a flight because I went like the right the day before. Um. What was it? Fourth of July. Oh gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To spare the moment. It's like a thirteen hundred dollar flight. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But I, I mean I've been being blessed to be able to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you gotta experience the world. We only got one life. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean also it's humbling. Mm-hmm. And it makes me question life a lot more deeper. 
Because mm -hmm. here in, in America, it's like every day is a fight for survival. Every really? day, yeah. At least I feel like it is. Yeah. Because it, at, I mean, unless you got ten million dollars in the bank. Right. I mean, you can't even a millionaire is not even you know. That's not that's shit not anymore. that's not shit. Yeah. yeah. If you if you're making you know, if you got a million left and you're using just four thousand dollars. Yeah. Like you probably got like like twenty years. Yeah. Off of four thousand dollars a month, which is nothing these days. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like that barely covers my expenses yeah. monthly. And I don't live that lavish. Yeah. And I follow uh, Grant Cardone a lot. And you, you got to be upwards of like $30,000 a month, you know, just to be able to bank and save and, right. and you know, really you know, do something. But it's a lot um, of money. When, when I say I, I feel like America is like, it's, it's an everyday fight to survive and to level up in life because I'm always thinking about elevating. Mm -hmm. um, it, it makes me think, you know, am I supposed to live this way? Mm. Is life supposed to be this hard? Mm -hmm. uh, because when I go to the islands, you know, I see people with less, less, way less. Yeah. But they're happy. Yeah. They're just living off the land, waking up, going fishing, uh, yeah. just laid back, just living off the earth. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the ignorance bliss type of thing. Yeah. Because they just, they just don't know. Yeah. You know, they don't know another way of life. I was in Nepal and, you know, people there make $300 a year. Mm -hmm. Like a year, $300. For us, that's like what we make in a day. Right. You know? And so like, they're really happy. Sometimes they don't even have showers. They don't even know what a hot shower is. Yeah. You know, like. And they just live their lives. And you're right. It's at some point, it's like, what's all this for? Right. You know, why am I doing all this? Right. Why do I need, you know, nice cars and watches and clothes and exactly. stuff like that? Like, I mean, I mean, I think at the end of the day, as long as you're happy. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're happy that and, and that's your peace. Yeah. Then, you know, go for it. Yeah. Nice. But I know for me living here, um, America is kind of like, you really, if you if you got some type of drive to you, you can't mm -hmm. live without certain things. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I agree. It's a, I mean, we're we're brought up and brainwashed to yeah. want these things. You know, it's capitalism, right? Like beat out the person next to you and do better, and yep. you know, keep up the Joneses with like yep. your white picket fence and dog and stuff like that. The yep. American dream. Um, and, and no matter what you get, something always better is going to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like you just constantly, it's a constant grind. It's never going to stop. Yeah. So, I mean, it's better to work hard, you know, in, in the, the better years of your life. Yeah. To establish something that will keep feeding you. Yeah. So that you can keep adapting and without, you know, breaking your body down and breaking your mind down with so much work. Like you gotta take enjoy take your youth while you got it and yeah. put the work in. That's that's what I'm on. I'm on a journey. Yeah. For 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 wealth and prosperity. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right. Well, I think that's a great ending note uh, on a journey for wealth and prosperity. Thanks so much for joining us today. By us, I mean me and the people listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for having me. And I think Jay's gonna start his own podcast after this, so we'll have yeah, to, probably so. We'll have yeah. to listen in. All right. Oh.